Hello, pet lovers, and welcome to Pet Lover Geek. I'm Lorian Clemens, and today's From the Vault episode is all about pet safety during wintertime. Stick around through this short break, and then we'll be back with a great episode for you. into ways to keep your pets safe and warm, as well as some fun, safe activities to keep them entertained and enriched when the weather outside is frightful. So to help us with that, we've invited Christy Benson. She's an educator at the Academy for Dog Trainers. She's also a really tremendous blogger. In fact, her blog has been listed in the top 50 dog blogs in 2016 from Thoroughly Reviewed. And on the side, she's actually done some micro mushing with her dogs. I mean, how fun is that? I'm excited actually to talk to her about that. Hoping she can share some fun uh, knowledge with us about sledding activities. But Christy, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much. Okay, well, I have to start with mushing because I was like, oh my God, she's done mushing. That is so cool. So for those listeners who maybe don't know what I'm talking about, tell us about mushing. What is mushing with your dog? The traditional understanding of mushing uh, with dogs is usually a big team of dogs, like somewhere between four up to maybe in some of the races, it's even like 16 or 20 dogs in front of a sled in the winter. So the dogs are in harness. The harness is connected either directly to the sled or to a center line, and then that's connected to the sled. So the dogs are pulling you or pulling something forward. That's sort of traditional mushing. And how did you get into that? Well, me and my spouse moved to Inuvik in the Northwest Territories, which is about 100 kilometers south of the Arctic Ocean. Oh, wow. So that was in 2004. So we just randomly moved up there for work. Uh-huh. And uh, there's quite a bit of uh, racing there that happens. So there isn't a lot of dogs being used for traditional activities anymore, but there's certainly quite a bit of racing up there. So right. we sort of got, we got to know some of the mushers who were racing, and we, we worked in one of the kennels up there for a little while and that was our entrance it was in the arctic and, and now what is micro mushing as opposed to standard mushing with standard mushing you're usually ta- not always i mean you know there's a range but you're usually talking about a relatively large kennel with a lot of dogs so maybe 10 maybe 20 maybe in in some of the competitive racing kennels we're talking 50 or 100 or more dogs mm-hmm. so micro mushing is people who have a couple of pets or a couple of sled dogs who live in their home with them sort of more of a pet life but the dogs are still pulling them so it's all about traction so the dogs are pulling them it can be on a little sled it can be on skis which is one of my favorite things yes Um, (laughs) you can use a bike some people just jog behind their dogs or a scooter so we have these big scooters that are actually made for dogs to pull you so it's a small number of dogs uh, but the dogs are still pulling you around in whatever season so I live in a very snowy area I live at about 3,000 3,200 feet and I have one dog that is obsessed with the snow and my husband and I are both uh, skiers and we are always looking for activities to do with the dog in the snow and I was like ooh micro mushing so my other dog is a Boston Terrier doesn't want to step foot in the snow but if I wanted to like do something with Uller that was you know something like that because I just think he would have so much fun doing that I mean like what kinds of things could I do single dog you know nothing too crazy but I mean what kind of little things could I do like sledding type of activities with my dog that I think he would just love 
So I, ski drawing for sure is a fun one and it's fun for people and dogs, you know, because you're being very active too, but your dog's also being active. And if you have a very high energy dog, I think a fantastic thing about micro mushing or, you know, traction sports in general is that it really tires your dog out. Mm-hmm. So as long as your dog is vet checked, you know, you're healthy and, and sort of capable of doing pulling sports, it tires them out much more quickly than a regular walk. So you're working, so you're keeping warm, your dog's working, so they're keeping warm, you know, and then you really drain that kind of energy tank Mm -hmm. so that you know at the end of a day if if your dog has done a nice ski or a nice you know what have you um pulling and harness they're pooped they're tired so that's a really nice where do you start i mean where would we like start to get into that you know, quite easily enough would be to just buy a sledding harness and you can get, you don't have to get an expensive one to start. You can get them for about 20 or 25 bucks mm-hmm. online. So get a harness, get them comfortable in the harness the same way that you would, you know, get your dog comfortable with any piece of new equipment. So gently introduce it and sort of pair it with a lot of good treats and stuff. Get them used to having something put on their bodies and then have them wear the harness beside you as you're skiing so you know they can they can be beside you loose if if there's you know if it's safe if they have a good recall and it's a dog friendly area they can ski beside you loose so they get used to the sounds and they get used to you know you falling (laughs) which will happen (laughs) for sure i fall in our snowshoes much less the skis (laughs) yeah exactly right so i always say if if i'm not falling i'm not having enough fun like i'm not trying hard enough if there's not some falls involved yeah so clip on the line to the dog's harness so they can get used to the feeling of, of them pulling you, um, but just out for a walk. So, right. you know, and then every time they manage to get ahead of you and they start to pull, then you can go, oh, good dog, and you can speed up a bit and kind of happy talk and mm-hmm. you know, get them very excited that, oh, pulling is finally okay for once in my life. I'm allowed to pull, you know, right. and then move to, to, uh, to skiing. Well, yeah, because that is the thing. I mean, he's got some, you know, shepherding in him, uh, so he loves to push and pull things. So that's always been something we've said, no, 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 no pull. And so that, that'll actually be fun. I think it's a great idea. So I'm excited to talk to my husband about that. Now let's kind of switch gears a little bit because like okay. I mentioned, I've got a Boston Terrier who has no use for the snow. She, she really kind of hates it that we moved up on top of a mountain. I mean, we used to live in like a place that never had snow to like, what is this stuff on the ground? Right. So let's talk about those pets either that don't like snow that much or are puppies. Maybe you're training them. So how do you get those dogs out there so that they can maybe not enjoy it, but at least deal with it and tolerate it. What are kinds of things that you can do to help acclimate, I guess, a dog to a snow situation? I would have sort of a two-pronged approach to that. So my first prong would be like, hey, let's get the dog really liking being outside. And so that might be, let's get the dog a comfortable coat. So if they're finding it too cold, you know, let's, you know, let's help them with a nice coat or a sweater or something so that they feel warm. Mm -hmm. And then let's make every walk that happens outside, every time they experience snow to be just really all positive. So really short walks to start, you know, they go out, you know, look at this, my goodness, like there's treats raining from the sky and I'm only out here for two or three minutes and then I get to go back in. Like, oh, okay, that was actually okay. You know, everything was good. It was okay. It was short. I didn't get uncomfortably cold. Mm -hmm. And then slowly increase it. If they like chasing stuff, maybe have them chase a snowball. You know, so save some of the stuff that your dog really likes to do. If it's, um, you know, tug games or ball, or if they play with a flirt pole, for example, save that so that they only get it outside in the snow. You know, so they're comfortable and happy because they're in their warm little sweater. They're not being sort of pushed past their limit and, and getting colder, uncomfortable, or just displeased because, it, you know, the walks are nice and short and everything good happens out in the snow. And you can slowly work them up to being like, hey, you know, maybe this snow stuff is okay. You could hide some, 
delicious treats and a little bit of a snowbank and help them dig it out or something. You know, so make the snow very positive and fun and, and work I, up to it, you know, slowly and at the dog's pace. Yeah. And then I, sort of the second prompt. Well, no, I was just going to say real quick. So, like, what, what about with shorter dogs? Is there... Because I think some of the problem that, like, Penny has, I mean, we'll get a dump of, like, three or four feet, and she's fine with the smaller snow, but I'm like, with, with the big, huge snows, I yeah. mean, is it the same type of thing? I mean, like, your idea about putting treats in a snowbank, I was like, oh, with that, I actually might be a really good idea to help her get better with the heavier snows. Yeah, and I think if it's just straight up uncomfortable and unpleasant, there's not much we can do. You know, we, we can tromp a trail down before they go out or we can, you know, go to a place where the snow has been cleared, for example. But I think if, if, if we're talking about something that's just generally unpleasant, like I can't see because the snow is over my head, there's not yeah. going to be a training method that will make that, I, right. I don't think, any better. Right. Which sort of is a nice segue into my second prong, which, which is let's get this dog enriched and happy and exercised in the home okay so if there's a lot of stuff you can do for a dog and this is the same you know for any if dogs can't go for walks because they're scared of strangers or what have you you know keeping them sort of uh interested and exercised in the home is a, a really really good option so food puzzles nose work games anything you can do to get the dog's brain working is going to be very helpful and then is you know is there games you can play with your dog inside to tire them out and a little dog you know they may not you need quite as much exercise as a really big active breed mm -hmm. so you can be like fetch down the hall tug games are really really good here and if you have a base in your basement or something if you could play a flirt pole type game if they like that then oh, yeah. you can really drain their energy that way and then hey you know spring's going to be here soon enough and they can you know, tromp or you can wait for the you know for the um, snow plow to go through and then go play on the sidewalk or whatever Awesome. And are there any other, you know, winter precautions that you should think? So I'm thinking in terms of when Uller was a puppy and he clearly loved the snow from like the beginning. We named him Uller after the God of Winter. So I think that's we kind of asked for that. But um, <laughs> with with puppies, our trader gave us quite a few precautions about, OK, I know he loves the snow, but here's some precautions you should think about when playing with a young dog in the snow, like those type of things, things that people should think about. Um, that would be more of a question for a vet as far as yeah. like, is, are they in it? yeah, so, uh, and I guess also like I have sled dogs and they tend to be super fine in the snow. So I'm, I'm sort of like, well, what are you talking about? Not good in the snow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's more about you know, like sometimes running in the snow with uh, heaviness on their coat and things like that. It can potentially, especially the younger dogs that don't know their bodies very well, particularly the initial, right. but, but like you said, we could definitely talk with a, with a vet about that. Now uh, you mentioning yeah. sled dogs. I want to just kind of segue back into that a minute. You uh, have done some work helping former sled dogs, right? Yes, we do. Yeah. We have, um, we have sled dogs who, and they're competitive racing type of sled dogs, so they're not like the big, they're not, they don't look like Siberians, they're not sort of the shaggy type. They're, they tend to be smooth coated, um, and they're, they're sort of a, I don't want to say they look like mutts, I'm trying to think of a nicer way. They would surprise you in their looks if you had a sled dog in your uh, in your mind's eye. But they're fantastic for traction sports. So if you like being pulled around or if you like being really active with your dog and you want to try can across or something like that, then a sled dog is the primo example. Yeah. So. Let's say somebody's looking to adopt. They maybe listen to the show. What kinds of uh, things should they maybe keep in mind that they're going to differences about a, a standard, a, you know, rescued dog versus somebody, a dog that was a sled dog? So um, there's going to be the hair. So the hair coat, there's a lot of shedding, and that just 
you just learn to put up with it, but it's certainly something to keep in mind. And all dogs are hairy, so you know that that kind of applies to everything. But sled dogs are known for their their shedding, so there is that. Um, quite a few sled dogs are a little bit in the sled dogs lingo. It's known as skittish. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit fearful of strange people who they don't know. So that's something to keep in mind that you may need to work with a trainer. You may just need to be a little bit cognizant of that. You know, they're certainly not going to be the, or they might be. You know, but but the, the sort of the tendency is for them to be a little bit scared of new people people that they haven't met before um, and a, a really big one in in my experience um, rehoming sled dogs is they tend to bolt so if they're scared they'll slip their collar bolt and then they're gone and they can run for miles and I'm not exaggerating right well that's what so they're, they're bred and trained yeah so you have a dog who's who's scared who bolts who runs and you can have a very unfortunate outcome there so if someone adopts a sled dog we are very very pushy about keeping them on leash all the time for the first six months you know we do fence inspections we want to make sure that this dog if if they get startled there's not going to be sort of a sad um outcome for the you know for the new adopter and for the dog unfortunately Mm -hmm. it's it's Mm -hmm. something it's part of their shtick um and currently we're fostering a little spaniel and she's so attentive to us and we're both like whoa look at this little attentive dog sled dogs are much more like yeah you know i like you and i like your food but i'm just going to do my own thing and i want to you know i'm going to maybe play with that dog and then i'm going to sleep for a while because they're so they're 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 an interesting beast for sure why do you think that is i mean that that that's because i mean i've not had that experience with any dogs i've had but i mean why do you think that is that they're a little bit more let's say standoffish who knows? But um, if you cornered me and made me guess, I'd say it's probably a breeding thing that just, you know, either it came along for the ride when, pe- you know, when people were breeding for really good sled dogs. So they're they're fa- they're fantastic. They they like to pull. Like they find it very enjoyable. Just to, once they're in the harness, they want to go. They face outside. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not checking in with the human. They are just pulling. Go 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 forward forward forward. So I, you know, maybe it's just part of that personality class i don't know it's, an, it's certainly an interesting question to think about over coffee though yeah definitely it's, it's just curious to me i i'd not, I'd not heard that before but it, i guess it kind of makes sense too and it's so, you see so many times that, that, that so often that they spend so much time outside and just around the other dogs and facing forward like you said they're not out facing the human it's all about what's outside of me and so that's really interesting well listen this has been terrific talk um really good stuff i want to make sure that people know how they can find you online to learn more about what you do Okay, so my website is my name, so it's christybenson.com. And then I also have a Facebook page, which I'm pretty active on, and that's just Christy Benson Dog Training. Awesome. And that's Christy with an I, K-R-I-S-T-I-B-E-N-S-O-N. Make sure that people have that spelling there. Well, great. Thanks so much for joining us today, Christy. Really great stuff. Thank you. And to our listeners, thanks for joining us today. Make sure you leave a comment below for any cool or geeky ideas that you want us to cover in future episodes. And like always, give those fur babies a hug from me. I'm Lorian Clemens, and this has been Pet Lover Geek, powered by Pet Hub.